Okay, thank you. This, this Shi'u is uh, dedicated to Yaakov Ben Yonah Tzvi Chaim the family from Montreal. Okay, what I'd like to learn is this Pasuk. This Pasuk which comes in the middle, not really at the end, but it's sort of like the end of the story of Abraham Sort of. And the end of the story of Abraham Avinu is this Pasuk. Abraham Zakein, Baba Yamim, Vashem Berechet Abraham Makol, which translates literally as Abraham was, was Zakein, he was old. Baba Yamim. Ba is like the word that designates sunset. Baba Yamim could mean something like the end of his days. He was close to the end of his days. Baba Yamim. Vashem. Berachet Abraham. Blessed Abraham. Bako. With everything. So, uh, you can look at this pasuk. Like, what, what could bakol possibly mean? What does it mean that Abraham was blessed with everything? So it could be that he had a lot of stuff. You know, he had a lot of electronics or computers or telephones or whatever it is that people might have wanted. And that interpretation, that interpretation that bakol could mean all the stuff that you should laugh at and not take too seriously is because Abraham didn't really get anything that he was promised. I mean, what were the promises to Abraham first that he'd have uh, uh, a great number of progeny? Mr. Weiss, how are you? I'm going to say it again for your benefit. You don't have to. I know, I, I know that I don't have to. I'm going to do it anyway. This year is the Louis by the wife's family, and this is the wife's son. Uh, from, uh, from Montreal, right? Montreal. Uh, I'll do it again. Avraham Avraham I mean, what could it possibly mean when you say Avraham had everything? Well, we know that Avraham had nothing that he really wanted, and not only did he have nothing that he really wanted, he was confronted with a crisis, and that crisis was that his son Yitzchak, who is like you know his only son, really. He had other sons and other children, but he was the one who was going to carry the banner forward and be the son of Abraham. His only son could not get a wife. Now, even the situation is worse than it would have been if he had been killed on the Akedat Yitzchak, because then God would be responsible for getting him a shidduch. You know, that would be out of Abraham Avinu's hands. But here, Abu has a son who is supposed to have a lot of children but can't get a wife. And the, the part of the story in Chaye Sarah is what happened to Abu How did he solve? How did he deal with that problem? But how could you say, how could you say about Abu Mavinu, Hashem, Beirach, and Abraham, Bakol? 
it seems to be a misstatement based on the fact that Yitzchak didn't have a wife. I point out also that the beginning of the parish of Chayei Sarah, remember the beginning of the parish of Chayei Sarah, is about Yaakov Avram Avinu negotiating for Maratha Matpelah. Now, Avram Avinu did not act as though he owed the Matpelah Limafreya, and that the people he was buying it from were simply confused about the ownership. It sounded like Avram Avinu really was buying a small piece of parcel of land so that he could bury his wife. Now that's not bakol. <clears throat> that is not bakol. So it's hard to understand what the word bakol would mean, even though it's a very small word and it's obvious what it generally means. Nevertheless, nevertheless, it's difficult. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, you see the Rashi? In the second section there. Bakol Olebigimatriaben. Here's Rashi. Rashi's a great teacher. And he's confronted with the question, what does Bakol mean? And he's always very simple. It's a gematria. What's a gematria? It's a numerical equivalent. Like if you if you uh, uh, do the uh, ben, ben, the word son, is 52, right? So now I hope that Bakol is also 52. Otherwise the Rashi doesn't work. Is it? Is it 52? It's 52. Okay, so 52 equals 52. 52 equals 52. And therefore we know, ben isha. And since he had a son, like, in other words, if this is the way Rashi reads it, Rashi says, Avra Hashem Bakol. What is Bakol? A son. And then the parsha continues to say, you had to marry off the son, get him a shidduch. It turns out, it turns out according according to Rashi, the only way Rashi can make a connection of Bakol to a son is by saying that it's a gematria. Now gematrias are very nice. They're even often very entertaining. It's very hard to imagine that Rashi, who was committed to saying pshat in the in the psukim, thought that this was pshat. But it's rather a sign that Rashi knows he's supposed to get there. He doesn't get to Ben. He doesn't get to a son. But he, there's no other way for him to get there. Looks in the dictionaries, and there isn't a dictionary in the world that says the bakol is a son. So this is what Rashi says. He says it's gematria. Gematria means I run out of all other possibilities. <laughs> but there's nothing else I can do. It's like Rashi says, I know it's supposed to come out. And this is the only way I get there. The only way I get there is a gematria. Now it's true there are gematrias all over the gemara. And all, but it's not true that gematria equals pshat. That the simple, straightforward meaning of a pasuk is found in the gematria. Gematria is usually added proof, an added idea, a secondary notion, but not the primary explanation. That's not what it usually is. So, so Rashi, who knows? Okay. So Rashi, so so Avinu says, "Vayomer Avram elavdoz zikan beto." He looks up to his servant, who's the elder in his household. Avoshev, the kol hashelos, in charge. 
Simma yadcha tachadirechi, put your hand under my, uh, my leg. Vashbiacha bashem elokei ashabai velokei haaretz, and I will make you swear in the name of God, the God of heavens and earth, you won't allow my son to marry a Canaanite woman, which where I am. This is, I, again, uh, sort of like indicating the, the, the seriousness of Avram Avinu's position. I mean, he lived in Eretz Canaan, but it was foreign. It was a foreign land. It was, it was like living, you know, uh, I don't know, like living with only with non-Jews. I mean, that's what he was doing. He was living in a place that he could never become part of. So not only didn't Avram Avinu inherit Eretz Yisrael in his lifetime, but living in Eretz Yisrael was something of a torturous experience. He could not establish social relations with any of the people who lived there. They were all idolaters. They were all idolaters. He married his son off to a woman who lived nearby. She would go home. She would have relations with her brothers, with her father, with her mother. And that would be the worst possible resolution imaginable. Uh, and so we have this problem. Now, I would like to... I would like to tell you what the Ramban has to say about this. So we're going to read the Ramban a little bit. And the Ramban veers off in a Kabbalistic direction. But don't be nervous. Nothing will happen. No one will float away during the Shia. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's Kabbalistic. So the Ramban says this. If you look at the fourth line... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, look at the first line. Aleph. Berachet Avram Bakov. The Ramban says, Osher, wealth, nechasim, stuff, kavod, glory or honor, orech yamim, uvanim. Long life and children. Vizod kol chemdat adam. And that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to be rich. To have a nice house, to have a big car, uh, to have nice children, a lot of money in the bank. It's what everybody wants. Who said this? The Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says, Pashut. It's exactly what you think it is. Avram Avinu lived in the big house up on the hill. That was Avram Avinu. And he had uh, this person who he's going to send for the. Uh, for the shidduch, to find the shidduch for his son. He had this person, he was in charge of such a big operation that he needed a mankal. He couldn't deal with it on his own. That's what it says. That's even Ezra. So you see a question that the Ramban, he's like in this in this answer, there's a question. You see the words "vizkir akatuv zelemo." So the Rabban says, so like somebody says, "Well, if that's what it means that he had the big house on the hill and he had 14 cars in his driveway, why do we have to know that?" I mean, what you know? I mean, usually the Rabban himself, in his introduction to his commentary on the Torah, says that the stories in the Torah or the things that the Torah tells us about the avot. 
have generally ethical content. I learned something from that. So that if Avram Avinu ran to these guests who came at the beginning of last week's parasha, we learn about Achdasat Archeim. We learn about Bikur Cholim. I mean, what is it possible for me to learn from the fact that Avram Avinu was rich? So the Ramban says, <coughs> the Ramban says, uh, uh, to tell us that he had as much of everything that you could ever want. There was nothing that he was missing. The only thing that he was missing, the only thing, that, what does the Pasuk say? Pasuk say that Aaron really had everything. And that his whole life, his whole life became a desire for the fulfillment of the divine promise that he would have many, many children and the nation of Israel would be born from those children. And so he was, that, that's the point of the Ibn Ezra as the Ramban explains it. The point of the Ibn Ezra is that Becholzot, even Shalangim could be missing something. He's missing something. That's, that's why we can't really understand how much Avram wanted his son Yitzchak to marry. Okay. That's what the Ibn Ezra says. That's the Ramban's comment on the Ibn Ezra. More or less sticking to the idea that there is a pshat. That the Pesach says what it says. Now the Ramban. See on line four? Rabotein Yibuzein Yannifla. When the Ramban says Rabotein Yibuzein Yannifla, you know it's really going to be Nifla. Because he doesn't say that all the time. So what is the Inyan Nifla? Amru, the Gemara in Baba Batra, This Gemara really exists. Hashem berachat Avram Bakol, that's the Pasuk. Machloket Tanaim. Machloket Tanaim. Rabbi Meir Omer, Shalohaitalovat. What's Bakol? He had, he didn't have a daughter. That's really something. What a thing to say. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Batakalo. Rabbi Huda said, no, he, he did have a daughter. How come they don't have a name, these Achirim? How come Rabbi Huda is called Rabbi Meir is called Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda is called Rabbi Huda, and the other guy in the discussion is called Achirim? Others. Is that good or bad to be others? Not clear. Achirim Omrim, Patayalo, Uvakol Shema. Vashem beirachat Avraham be Shulamit. Right, that's what the Pesach says. Except it says Shulamit, it says Bakol. He had a daughter, and her name was Bakol. Uh, this is pretty fantastic. Like, what, pray, is the difference between Rabbi Yehuda, who said, and he also had a daughter, and Achirim will say, he had a daughter whose name was Bakol. I mean, what is this? This is like some kind of little puzzle that we're supposed to figure out. I mean, what is the point of this Gemara? So listen to, listen to the, what we're going to do now is follow the Rabban's analysis. The Rabban's uh, uh, analysis is this. Acharim uh, Darash Rabbi Meir. So right, it's explaining the three opinions. 
First, the opinion of Rabbi Meir, which was that he didn't have a daughter. Vizo lo that was a blessing. Ki zo lo ki lo because who would she marry? This poor girl. She'd have to marry a Canaanite. The Canaanites are cursed. They, you know, that their dominion is going to come to an end. It's going to, it will all, so he didn't, wouldn't want to do that. And he can't take his daughter and send her to Urkatsdin, where he comes from, right? He could send somebody to get a woman from Urkatsdin to bring her back to his house, but to send his daughter to Urkatsdin would be just as bad as having her marry somebody in Canaan. Uh, everybody knows that the wife is somehow under the uh, uh, dominion of the husband this is like a, a, a bad week for women's liberation so let's not talk about that <laughs> let's ignore, ignore that he says we're in line 10, 9, 8 and 7 you know, like this is a, the Ramban, the Ramban saying something that we've spoken about, right? He says, Abraham would not want his daughter to have children, his daughter, who is the daughter of the, uh, the kosher wife that he had, Sarah, to have children who would not be involved in what he is involved with. So you see that Rabban recognizes the importance of Sarah. Uh, right? Also she would serve Avodah Zarah. Rabbi Yehuda Darash, Ki Rachmana. The Gemara says that Avram was not missing anything. Even a daughter, Brata is a, a, a daughter, Lo Chazarachmana. God did not deny him that. Vihi Habracha Bakol. She was the Bracha of Bakol. Kiyayalo Kola Sher Yechbedu Anashim Lo Chazedava. He had everything that anybody desires. So regular people, they desire to have a son, and I desire to have a daughter. So he was regular. Lo Chazedava. Okay? So now we understand. So do we understand. Like Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir seems to us to be more uh, in line with our general understanding of things. That of course Avram Vida didn't want to have a daughter because that would lead to all kinds of unnecessary complications. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, but Shalem, there's this idea that Avram Vida should have everything, everything that anybody desires. But these, both of these opinions both of these opinions, according to the Ramban, are very much focused on stuff, on, on what he got, and what he had, and, and that he had everything you need. And the, the difference of opinion is not... It, 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 this is not an argument about the reality. Right? It's neither that we don't know if he had a daughter or not. You could assume that he did, because the Torah says that he remarried a, a woman named Keturah. And Chazal say that Keturah was, was Hagar. And that he had sons with Keturah. He may have also had daughters with Keturah. But you know the daughters are not mentioned 
in the in the Torah at this stage of uh, of, of the the stories. They may have had daughters. The point that they both emphasize is that he had what he had to have. If what you say is he had to have he had to have a non not have a daughter, he did have a daughter. If he had to have a daughter, he did have a daughter. That, that's the that's the the pshat and the machloket of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, according to the Ramban. Then the Ramban says, "Avalachayim." Avalach, remember Achayim? Mm-hmm. They said that he had a daughter, and her name was Bakol. Now, what could that possibly mean? So here's the Ramban. The Ramban says, "Achayim chitshu b'ferusha ketuv azeh." Inyan amok ma'od, that's always dangerous. Right? When the Ramban says it's amok, it usually means we're not going to understand it. But it's deep. There's a deep, there's a deep thing here. Right? Amok ma'od, vidarshu bazet sod, misodot haparah. Secret, a secret of the secrets. And we know that a secret is a kind of a buzzword for Kabbalah, for the way the Kabbalah thinks about things. And you know that the Ramban was a very, very serious Kabbalist. Very serious Kabbalist. And the Ramban believed that he in- introduces his commentary to the Torah by saying that Moshe Rabbeinu and Har Sinai received the Torah Shabbat, the explanation of the Torah Shabbat, both in the Nigle version, like the more obvious version, and in the Nistar version, in the hidden version. So that, according to the Ramban, what we call Kabbalah, doesn't just go back to Rab Shimon ben Yochai, but goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's like, it's like the Torah. The Torah, according to the Ramban, has these two aspects to it. Nigle and Nistar. Right? What we call the obvious, straightforward, halachic pshat. And there's also some other interpretation, which takes you to spiritual depths, that the first kind of interpretation doesn't take you to. That's the Ramban. So what does he say? What does he say? There should be some that the Ramban wrote. Ki bakol tirmos alinyan gadol. So like he still hasn't told us what it is. It's a sod, it's a nyan, it's gadol, it's something, you know, very unique and special. Vuhu. We're almost there. That the Kabbalists had this question like, how does God relate to the world? Not only Kabbalists, many religious people have this question. Isn't it true that God is God and the world is not God? So, where is the connector? Where do we glue the world in with God? This is a problem that the Kabbalists had and talked about. So they came up with this idea that there are emanations from God which end up in the world. It's as though there's a ladder that stretches from uh, heaven to earth. And that ladder... That ladder has, has names, right? Has names. So there are ten rungs, right? There are ten rungs. Kether is the highest. Crown, the crown is the highest. 
there's a secondary question that Kabbalists ask. Like, how did this all get going? But we'll make believe we know the answer to that question. Just go up. Keter, Chochma, Bina. Those are the first three. The first three, those are the really the ones that are very hard for us to uh, are very hard for us to connect to. Then the lower seven of the ten we may have heard about. Chesed, Geburah, Teferet, Neitzach, Hod, Yisod, Malchut. So that the last of them, the one that connects to the world, that's a ladder, you have Keter at the top of the ladder, and you have Malchut at the bottom of the ladder. So the one that connects God to the world is called Malchut. Malchut translates like kingship. And you know that, that when on Rosh Hashanah, you remember Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah, when we reach up to heaven, right? Yom Hazikaron, we try to we try to find ways to connect ourselves to heaven. We make the bracha in Shemona Esrei, which is the relevant bracha to the day. For that day is Melech Al Kol Haaretz. Melech is the only time we say that. Melech Al Kol Haaretz with Israel. The Yom Hazikaron on Rosh Hashanah. So again, Melech Al Kol Haaretz. You reach up, you reach up as much as you can. What you can connect to is the Sfira called Malchut. Malchut. It's the one that's right above us. It's right outside of us. So when we say the bracha, when we say the bracha, like sometimes when you say something, it influences what you really are. Right? You say, Melech al kol haaretz, or Rosh Hashanah, you might actually feel that Melech al kol haaretz, because it's the, the point that Am Yisrael can connect to the emanations from God. So the Ramban says, the Ramban says, uh, he says there's a, Tirmozum Yad Gadol, it's line 15 that I'm on. Hushi Yesh HaKadosh Baruch Hu Midah Tikarei Kol. There's one of these spherot, it's called Kol. Bibnei Shehi Yisod HaKol. So we know it's Chesed, Gevur, the first day to hold Yisod Malchut. Right, Yisod, brings you into Malchut. So coal becomes a synonym for Malchut. For Malchut. Remeshu Yisoda coal. Uvan Emar. The Pesach in Shayyau. Anochi Hashem Osekol. Anochi Hashem Osekol. What is Anochi Hashem Osekol? That Oseh. Oseh. To make something, to do something, comes from coal. And what is kol? I did, we're cheating here, but I'm telling you that kol is malchut, the last of the of the svirot, right? Ose kol, v'usha omer, and there's another pasuk, v'yitron eretz bakol, who yitron. If you go above eretz, you get to again, you get to kol. Yomar ki yitron ve'eretz v'tova hagdola hashofer. And that's Hatova, Hagdola, Hashofea. These are all words that the Kabbalists like. They like great tov, Shofea means it, it overflows. It overflows into the world from the Chol, right? Bakol who? Vihi Hamida Hashminit 
Miyud Gimel Midot is another way of counting. Yud Gimel Midot, you remember? Hashem, Hashem, Ker, Rachu, Vechanan, Nerech, Apayim, Rav Chesed, Vemet. So there are 13. There are 13. The eighth, that goes on a little further. The eighth of the 13 is called Emet. Is the word Emet. What is Emet? Emet is Torah. In other words, in the counting, right? We're counting again the lowest seven Svirot, Chesed Gvura, Chesed Gvura Teferet. The third is called Teferet. Teferet is Torah. Teferet Torah. Torah is Emet. All these words are synonyms. Good to have synonyms. Emet, Torah, Teferet are all synonyms. So that this thing of Kol is also Emet, meaning it's the Torah. Ve umizeh, umizeh, acheret tikarei bat netzelet mimena. Somehow bat comes from there, uva hu manhiget akol. And from there, God is in charge of akol. That the actual malchut of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes from kol, which is malchut, which is bat. As emet, I'm sorry. Akol. Vuhu beiti no shel akodesh bochu hanirmaz bimilat vashem bekol makom. Right? Beiti no shel akodesh bochu, which is connected to the name of God in every place, and that's what the Medrash says. Vihi shini create kala b'seifashiyashirim. So the word kala, which you think is a is a bride is really the feminine version of the word kol. And that, therefore, in Shira Shirim, when the word kol is used, or the kala, the Seva Shira Shirim, what? The Seva Shira what are we talking about? We're talking about Balchut, we're talking about Teferit, we're talking about Emet, I mean, that's what we're talking about. All of these things, all of these things. Bavur shehi klula min hakol. Because the Kala is the one who has everything. Who's Kulalab in Who is the Kala in Shir Shirim? Who is the Kala in Shir Shirim? Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael is a direct descendant of Avram Avinu. So Avram Avinu was the first one who had this Hakol, which then is represented in Knesset Yisrael. I know I'm cheating a little bit. But it's good, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, I, I mean it's I, I can't be more precise than I'm being it would, everything would be an endless digression so it says Bavushi kulam Yisrael and that's why Chachamim called the Jewish people Knesset Yisrael right Everything goes into Knesset Yisrael. Where does it all go in from? Chesed, Gvurat, Eferes, Neitzchot, Yisod, Malchus, Knesset Yisrael. Sometimes Malchus and Knesset Yisrael are the same thing. Sometimes they're different, they're next to each other. But that doesn't matter. Who invented this? Who invented this idea that, that all of the goodness in the world, the Shefa, Shefa, the overflow from HaKadosh Baruch comes into Knesset Yisrael. Who invented that according to the Ramban? Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu invented it. He invented this status. It's like the, the, the Ramban says in Perikud Bet. In Perikud Bet, the Ramban says, Ma'ase Avot, Siman Lebanim. 
What does Ma say about mean that that the Avot were able to to create genetic deformities which are unique to their children? Which are unique to their children? That the Maral says, how could somebody how could somebody convert? How can somebody convert? If you have to have the genetic make he didn't say the word genetic, but if you had the genetic makeup of Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov, how could anybody ever want to convert to the Maral says? They're all Jews. What I mean is that if somebody comes and says, I want to convert, it's a sign that he's a Jew and that he just got lost along the way. Because people who don't have that genetic input from Avram, Yisrael, and Yaga will never want to convert. That's what the, that's what the morale says. And that's where the idea, that's where the idea comes from. For us, it's a good thing. You can take people at face value. This is not a bad thing. Batiman, he get a call. Babur shehi klula min hakol vehi shechachamim mechamim shema kenesik Yisrael b'mkomot rabim. I'm on line twenty-five. Babur shehi knisa hakol. Everything comes into Am Yisrael. Uh, 20, Every twenty, not twenty-five. 20. Oh, twenty. Okay, sorry. Uh, and this Midah what this Knesset Yisrael the Kala, the Malchut this Midah, the Emet all of that is it was as though it was his daughter so in other words what's the difference between Rabbi Yehuda what's the difference Rabbi Yehuda and Achairim Rabbi Yehuda said he had a daughter. And Rabbi Acherim said he, he had a daughter, but not the kind of daughter you're thinking of. Not a biological daughter, a, 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 a celestial daughter. A daughter in that world, in the world of Avram Avinu. That's the Acherim, according to the Ramban. So you have a three way machloket. Rabbi, Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi Meir says that he had a daughter, or he didn't have a daughter. So he rather said, he didn't have a daughter. And Rabbi Yehuda said, he did have a daughter. Achiram said, he had a daughter, but not Rabbi Yehuda's daughter. Not that daughter. This outstanding, special, once in a millennium kind of daughter, that was what Avram Avinu had. That's why she's called Hakol. Because whatever Hakol might mean, it means that connection to God, right? There's nothing more akol than that. And so Acherim said, Acherim said an interesting thing. That Avram Avinu, Hashem Berachat Avram Akol, Avram Avinu was changed. He was the person who understood everything that you had to know through understanding of God. But it's like prophecy. Like prophecy, the Rambam says, and most we show them agree. The Rambam says a person can prepare himself for prophecy. You can learn a lot of Torah, and you could be strong-willed, and you could have wonderful midot. I mean, all of that is all of that is certainly possible. All that is certainly possible, but that's not going to make you into a prophet. Only God can make you into a prophet to grant you prophecy. So the same thing was true according to the Ramban with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu understood it. He understood it. But he was the same person. He was the same person with this great brain and this great understanding. 
Hashem Berachat Avram Bakol is a new idea. It's nothing to do with what Avram Avichodi Yacherim, the third opinion of Gemara Baba Basra, had nothing to do what, with what Avram Avinu had or didn't have or had in his house or the slaves or the animals or all that stuff. But the blessing that Avram Avinu received from Akadosh Bochu was, the blessing that, that Avram Avinu received from Akadosh Bochu was uh, an awareness an awareness of how God relates to the world, a connection of how God is in this in this world. That's what Abraham Avinu received as a bracha. So I think that even if the Kabbalistic part of it is a little bit unclear, we can understand what the Ramban is driving at, and we understand where the Ramban connects himself to this problem of the pasuk. First, the word bakol, which is difficult to understand. We don't know what it means, so we have no reason to think that Avraham was necessarily the richest guy in his neighborhood. And even if he was, what difference does it make, and why is it important? And then he, he goes on to say that there's a Gemara. He says the Gemara intuited it, the Yachirim, according to the Ramban, intuited that Bakol is not about a daughter, right? It's not about a daughter. Rashi, remember Rashi? Rashi says... So in other words, who is he, who is position is he adopting, Rashi? The position of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir said that he didn't have a daughter. Right? So Rashi said that Bakol the Gematria is bad, meaning that he didn't have a daughter, like Rabbi Meir. And not like, and not like Rabbi Yehuda, because the questions that the Ramban brings up, how could Rabbi Yehuda solve it? What's he going to do with the daughter? Where's he going to, how is he going to marry her off? Where is she going to live? What's she going to be? She's going to be a, an idolater. That would be a, a terrible, a terrible result of Avram Avinu's fatherhood. So, so the Ramban says, "Well, that's Rashi. I go with the Acherim. I go with that third position, which must have some sort of special meaning. And the special meaning is, if you look carefully, it has to do with the uh, with the." Uh, with who Avram Avinu wanted to be. And the and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him was the opening into that. Right? If you look at line 40, if you look at line 40, you see line 40? Yizkor b'no sheyershat v'natata lo hamida hazot. Yizkor b'no sheyershat v'natata lo hamida hazot. That somehow the Shechina, Shechina is also Malchus, Shechina, Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael. The connection between HaKadosh Baruch and the Shechina, Dichtiv, Vashem Natan, Chochmah Lishlomo, Vayizkor Avihem, Avraham, Dichtiv, Zera, Avraham, Oavi, Obekerev, this is Medrash and the Sefer Bahir. Sefer Bahir is a Kabbalistic work. There are various references where Bracha 
It's called Bitov. Now you remember at the beginning of I I I, I cheated before. Cheated a little bit, not so much. What did I say? I said, how could Bakol mean that Avram had everything? Avram neither had the land, as you see at the beginning of the page of Chayisara, nor did Avram have progeny. And in fact, in fact, Yitzchak it was at a crossroads at this time. So how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu say that Hashem Berachet Avram Bakol? So along comes the Ramban, and he has some kind of spiritual interpretation of the word Bakol. But I just want to remind you, I just want to remind you, in the beginning of the Pasha of Lechotha, in the beginning of the Pasha of Lechotha, after God tells Abraham Avinu to go, Remember that pasuk? No? I'll make you into a great nation. But it doesn't say when. Avraham of course, was a hundred years old and he knew that it was not going to happen in his lifetime. Now, this third clause... It's also a promise that God made to Avram Avinu, Now when is that fulfillment? When's the fulfillment of... So some interpret and say that Avram Avinu was able to bestow bracha. You will be the bearer of bracha. You will be able to bestow bracha onto others. But you see what the Ramban is saying. Bashem Beirachet Abraham Bakol. Meaning that the promise, one promise that HaKadosh Baruch made to Avram Avinu was actually fulfilled in his own lifetime. And what was that bracha? Bakol. That was the bracha of Bakol. Ve'ye bracha, therefore according to the Ramban means you will be able you will be able to see bracha. You will know the bracha. You will know that it happens. It won't be just that there are good things happening to me. I hope that it's because God is concerned about me. But you will actually, you will actually be able to put your finger on the relationship. That's what ve'yei bracha is. Ve'yei bracha doesn't mean that you'll be giving out brachot or that you will be blessed and have all kinds of stuff. But that you will be in the world of bracha. And the world of bracha is the world of understanding. Understanding how the relationship between God and the world we live in is actually, is actually secured. So that the Ramban, the Ramban opens a door to a different understanding of the Pasuk. And then, uh, the way to read the Pasuk is, that Avinu had this, he was special. And since he was special, he knew that he could depend on the other promises that God had made. The promise of Eretz Yisrael and the promise of progeny. And therefore, Avinu was not deterred by the fact that he had this tremendous problem. Which is similar, I think, as I told you, to Rashi's position on the Kedat Yitzchak. 
But Avram Avinu was not deterred at all as Kirgagat would have it. He was not deterred at all by the fact that he had to sacrifice his only son. And that by sacrificing his only son, he would definitely not be able, not be able to get progeny from him. Avram was not, was not concerned about that at all. So you know when the angel came down to tell Avram to stop, not to sacrifice his son, his son the angel said, don't do anything to him. What's the anything? What's the anything that he told Avram you know, not to not to do? So I told you that the word in Hebrew, when you say the word me'uma, you know, he, in Hebrew, an aleph in the middle of the word tends to disappear. So me'uma sounds like mum. A mum is a blemish. You know that korbanot that a blemish cannot be sacrificed. So Avram Avinu, what is Avram Avinu's problem according to Rashi? He, he didn't understand it. How could God say do it and then God said don't do it? He says hey, that, that he had no way of absorbing. So in his mind, <coughs> the angel knew this, in his mind, Avram Avinu said, I will make a physical blemish. Or just take a knife and cut his eyelid a little bit. And then he won't be fit to be a korban. And so I'll be able to do both. I was willing to sacrifice him. And I can't sacrifice him. It's not my fault. Right? So the angel said, Al-Taz-Lod-Me-Uma. So that, that, that uh, Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu had no reason to think that God's promise would not be fulfilled. Other than the fact that promises are always conditional. Always. Not only parents to their children, but even God to his people. Promises are always conditional. So that if the people, that's what Armavinu said. God said, here, I'm going to give you the land of Israel. He said, what if my children don't deserve it? What happens if they are unruly actors? So there's a conversation that takes place in the Gemara in Ta'anit between Avram Avinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu convinces him that even if the people are punished, and even if they are exiled, and even if they go through very difficult times, the promise will be intact. And so, the further proof, the further proof is that of the three promises that Avram Avinu received, right, three, the land of Israel, the progeny, and Vayebracha, one of the three promises comes true in his own lifetime, at least according to the Ramban. So, so Amravinu had further reason to have faith that the other promises would in fact uh, come true. Avram Zakein Bayamim. He was old. He was tired. His life was almost over. But it was a meaningful life because Hashem Be'rachat Avram Bakol, the Ramban's explanation of the Acherim Omrim, our little addition, which is that he had this promise in Ve'yei Bracha, and therefore Avram knew that all the promises would in fact be uh, fulfilled. Be well.